Hello and welcome to another edition of the Pharma Pack podcast, bringing you the very latest insights into the world of pharmaceutical packaging and drug delivery. I'm Gareth Carpenter, Pharma Editor at Informa Markets, and in today's interview we're going to look into the fast-growing and highly innovative world of wearable drug delivery systems. Increasing complexity of novel drugs and cost constraints have encouraged the administration of medicines to be shifted away from the traditional setting of a hospital or clinic to more cost-effective alternatives such as the patient's own home. The ability for patients to self-administer life-changing molecules that treat chronic diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis and multiple sclerosis among others is just one of the benefits of wearable injectors. And here to shed some light on the subject is Andre Josef, Chief Executive Officer of Medical Device Company, which focuses on wearable drug delivery solutions, Sorel Medical. Andre, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Gareth. Given the uh, current issues affecting healthcare, I'd say there's never been a time when wearable devices have been more relevant. I think that medical devices and pharmaceutical companies in general 2020 was a bad year for everybody, but for those sectors, I think this was the time to step up. We need to improve our game. We need to move forward. And we see it in many aspects worldwide with vaccines and medical devices moving forward. If I go from the macro level to Eitan Medical, you know, Sorel uh, just rebranded to Eitan Medical. We're becoming a larger and bigger and stronger company with all the success we have in our background. We are now facing this pandemic with high requests. If we look now even deeper to a wearable device, wearable device comes to do two main things. First of all, it moves a lot of treatments from hospital to home, to daycares. If you think about the pandemic itself in general, one of the things that happened is that people were afraid to go to hospitals because the people already diagnosed with COVID were there. But it's just a sign. In reality, it should be the same. Hospitals in the future, at least I believe, will not be the home for the sick people. Actually, their home will become their home for the sick people. As we see technology progresses, more and more will move to home care. In addition, wearables came to solve another issue is the world is changing. There is a revolution in the way we see drugs. Till 2014, most of the drugs were uh, not biologics, were chemical drugs, In 2014, we were selling worldwide about $85 billion of biological drugs. Not a small amount, it's a huge number. But if you look now, next year, we'll be selling $285 billion in biological drugs. That's not an evolution, that's a revolution. This revolution affects everything that we see. It affects from the way we see patients. They feel better. It's not oncology anymore, it's biological drugs. It's not drugs that make you sick or feel bad. That's drugs that make you stronger. So the way we envision patient changes, in addition, the way we want to give the treatment changes, those people that are now being treated with a biological drug, they feel good. So if they feel good, they don't want to look sick. They don't want to feel sick. So they, the last thing they want to do is even to go to a hospital and spend their day getting a treatment in the hospital. They prefer to get it at home. But also those biological drugs are different. Those are large molecules, very viscous and also very gentle. The drug delivery devices we had are not suitable anymore. There was a need for new generation of drug delivery devices. 
And we saw it with companies raising with the wearable devices a couple of years ago. We see now this field growing with many good companies in this field. And Sorel joined as well. And I think that our technology is bringing this paradigm shift, this new generation to those drugs. And we see it in the market. We see it in the agreements we are signing. We see it in the way that market behaves and, and accepts this solution. And Andre, obviously, when you design a wearable device, as you've rightly said, front and centre is the patient in terms of, well, their management of the condition, the ease of use, the comfort, pain threshold, etc. But as a medical device company, you also have strategic partners in the pharmaceutical industry, and you need to take account of the fast rate of change in biologics, which you also mentioned, and how this can impact the custom solutions that you need to deliver to them. So, One of my questions to you is, what is the biggest challenge for you? Is it addressing the patient requirements or addressing your pharma partner's requirements? Garb, that's an amazing question. And it took me and my team a year to define the requirements, a year, a year of work to define the problem. And I think that we found three pillars that we need to answer to. And yes, I mentioned the user, which is the patient or the healthcare provider in the middle. Those are very important for us they need to have, most importantly, an easy-to-use device. If you think about patients using at home, they cannot have complex things. Some of them are afraid of needles. Some of them are afraid of technology. Some of them are afraid of phone beeping, everything. All of that, that's the user side. And I think that's very important to have, and mainly an easy-to-use device. But it's not enough. Another aspect, which you just mentioned, which is the pharma company, they have many needs. First of all, biological drugs, there is a live rates between the companies. Most of them are developing plus minus same drugs on the same indications with minor changes. And time to market is a key. So we needed to provide them time to market. There are many drugs in their pipelines. You can see how pipelines are so big in all those pharma companies. Most of them are biologics and we need to provide them a platform solution. You don't need to have a different device for every drug. We wanted to provide them one device that with very small changes will fit all their pipeline. So this is a platform solution. In addition for pharma companies, they need to hold their patients. There's a lot of competition. So how do you control your market? How do you keep selling your drugs as a business? Which is very important. I understand we all want to do good for the patient, but we also need to think that there is a business behind it. So for them to control the patient with so much competition, they needed something else. So the something else can be a very good quality of service they'll provide, but the additional layer will be drug delivery devices and connectivity. And I think both of those are very important for the pharma partners to have. And last one is value-based reimbursement. We see it in the US a lot, value-based will coming. So they needed both connectivity, they need an option to use it at home. And for that, again, we go back to the easy to use device. But those are the two first pillars that we mentioned. There is one more pillar. The one more pillar is the drug itself. Those molecules can be 150 kilodaltons or more. Those molecules are huge. They are so big, but they're also so gentle. And those drugs are very viscous. So you need to take this drug and move it from the primary container to the patient without damaging them. We spend a lot of ideas, IP and technology on how to move those gentle molecules from one way to the other way without damaging them. And I think that's a very important pillar of the requirements and on the design itself as well. You've mentioned your uh, platform technology. Can you give us a few more details about how you got to this point, the history of the development, where the original idea sprang from, etc.? Yes. 
I'm personally doing drug delivery devices for more than 15 years now. All of them are based on injection therapies, IV, sub-Q, epidural, intermuscular, all of those equipment in this field. But personally, it comes from, uh, from a different place. It comes from a couple of years ago. My mother-in-law, she was sick, she was diagnosed, and we're driving her to the hospital to get the treatment. In the beginning, it was a four hours, half a day that we spent with her getting to the hospital, you know, seeing the nurse, seeing the doctor, getting the infusion, going home. Later on, when she was in a wheelchair, it became a big issue. It became a nightmare. She didn't want to go. There are issues. So we find ourselves in a place that I wouldn't wish anyone to be there. And then you say, how come that so late in those days, in what I call the future days, there's no solution for those patients. And this is what drove me to take the things I already understood from my past companies, like QCore Medical, where we were doing auto infusion, my work with the pharma companies, and the work with the hospital said there is a need to help those patients. With that understanding, we started to grow and understand what are the needs, the biological drugs, the patient needs, the molecule needs. And on the platform, what we did, we were trying to answer all those needs with one solution. So the main thing was trying to develop new IP to serve those different and complex needs. And our device, what we wanted it to do is wanted to be pre-filled and pre-loaded. Means that the drug and the device, they are shipped together. The user doesn't need to do any drug handling. And I think this is the most complex part. I've seen hundreds of users do mistakes while doing drug handling. And we wanted to provide it. So for that, we needed to find a solution. We developed LED technology that enables our device to come pre-filled and pre-loaded. Simple as is. This allows the user to have something like a band-aid. Everybody can use it. And this is the goal we had. So I think this utilizing technology helped us to provide the platform. But that's enough. The pharma companies, you don't want to change the primary container. You want to have a primary container that's already approved, something which is common. And we started with a cartridge-based device. And yes, there are cartridges, they are great, but they're not enough. It's not built enough. This technology is not there yet. So we started working with devices and provide a solution that can take directly from a vial. So this device comes pre-filled and pre-loaded with the original pharma vial inside, with the original drug in the same vial. So it saves the pharmaceutical company all the hassle of changing your primary container. It saves the pharmaceutical company all the hassle of changing your filling lines. And also all the regulatory aspects of changing your primary container, which is huge. By that, I think that what we brought, we brought a platform that allows you to have a pre-filled, preloaded device, can utilize your current primary container in the device. And the only thing I need to do is change the outer shell of my device and inside it will be the same. Those are the two main aspects of, of uh, technology that we want to provide. It, and that allows that pharmaceutical companies that are seeing our platform that raises from less than one ml to 50 ml to see a full solution throughout the, the landscape of their portfolio or drugs that are in development. It's always fascinating to hear the personal story behind the development of a product. And you know, as we were mentioning earlier, this current situation with healthcare, the, the COVID-19 pandemic, it raises questions around restrictions to patient access to care. Bearing that in mind, Andre, are we at a crunch moment when digitally enabled devices are really going to revolutionise service delivery in the healthcare sector? Gareth, we are there now. It's happening as we speak. It's not only Etan Medical. It's all the companies around here. 
everybody, this is happening now. 2021, we'll see the first big blooms. 2022, we will understand how did you do it in 2020. It's happening now. Digital is going to be a huge thing in the market. Now you need to link the devices, you need to link the data, but it's happening now. We came to a position in Israel that in the shutdown country that we had here due to the pandemic, we need to tell people that they need to go to hospital and don't risk your life. Those people were afraid to go. And what we see is that sending doctors and nurses to their home will not work. So very good companies are sending medical devices to their home to diagnose, to take pictures, to measure temperature. And all of that is coming more and more. The, the digital world, for me now, to see a doctor is not going to happen. Only thing I need to do is to go into my app, schedule a meeting, and I'll see him on, on the app. It will be FaceTime. And this is how we'll talk, and I can measure everything by myself. This is the future, and all the documents of the history records of the patient will be there. All the digital part of it will be there. Again, it's not only drug delivery. It's drugs. It's prescription. It's data. It's patient management, disease management, condition management. All of that is going to be digitized. So we see many companies. Where do we step in? I think that there's a very important part of adherence that needs to be taken care of by digital and for us, providing the end of the care, which is delivering the drug to the patient, I think that giving adherence information is crucial. Getting adherence not only on, on the drug, but timing, quantities, time between those and those, feeling of the patient, giving response by the patient. So not only that we'll have more data, but we'll be able to analyze this data better and we'll improve the care we're giving. As I started, it's happening now. And everybody will be a part of it. Each and every company that's dealing in this sector will be a part of it. We are already in the cloud. We are already have all our devices connected. And not because it's nice to say this is the future. It's happening now. It's a basic requirement. And Gareth, everything will go there. Good to hear that you're so positive about the present and the future, Andre. On a slightly different tack, one of the most important trends in the drug delivery space is interoperability, this ability of wearable devices to not just capture the data, but also make effective use of it by processing and analysing it and ultimately to improve outcomes. What advances do you think that the sector is making in this regard? I love this question because this is immediately outcomes for the patients. I don't think that you can work in this business if you don't wake up in the morning and think about the patient and you don't sleep at night thinking of the patient and you don't wake up in the middle of the night thinking about the patient. I think this is the starting point. And this is a place when we can improve the outcome of the treatment we are given. Yes, me and Etan Medical, we cannot improve the drug, but we can improve the outcomes of how the drug is given. We can improve the outcome of the patient and how it feels. Think about the basic thing of the patient saying, giving you a thumb up, I feel great after the infusion. I feel good. Think about the confidence he's getting. Nothing to do with the drug. The confidence he's getting that somebody is taking care of him. is not alone in his room, giving himself an infusion and going to work. He's being monitored. He has some confidence he's getting from that. But in addition, as you, as you just mentioned, it's not only bringing adherence data. The next step when we pass it, then we'll do it now is with the adherence and getting the information, making sure that he's giving him feedback, him giving us feedback. This is one. The second one, which I see a lot, is the closed loop systems. 
I'm in discussions, I'm talking to companies. The next phase is there is no issue to monitor many important clinical information on the patient before, during, and after getting the medication. Some of those medications have an immediate effect. I'll give you a simple one. Insulin, if you measure the blood sugar, you have a simple, you have a closed loop. There are great companies like Medtronic that is doing it and others, very nice, but it's not only there. There are additional places where you can close the loop. It's too confidential to discuss on this call, but there are many companies working on bringing new sensors to the effect of those medications. Now, think about it. We know the effect. We can control the delivery. We can work together. We can give a better care while delivering the same medication. And I think that's the huge leap forward. I think this is going to happen maybe later, maybe 24, 25, 2025. I think we'll start seeing more and more of those. Some of those sensors will be easy. Some of them will be more complicated, some of them. But in the end, those will happen and they're happening as we speak. And I think by that, we are going to a place which we call personalized medicine. The same drug people are getting and everybody's getting the same because the clinical study was, this is the number you are going to get. Can it have a good effect or a bad effect? It will have an effect, but can you improve it? If you personalize it, the answer is yes. So how do you improve it? Bring us more data, bring sensors, control the drug delivery devices, close this loop for the specific patient, give him something that helps him and he really needs. And finally, Andre, what is Sorel Stroke Etan's vision for the future? I mean, are you going to remain focused on wearables or are you looking at any other development opportunities? Of course, we are not looking to stay only in wearables. We are doing wearables. We are doing infusion pumps. We are looking more into the future, both on the digital health area. I think that's a place that we are growing now and will grow more in the future. We are looking to improve our wearables to have more options, more opportunities for the pharmaceutical companies. And we are looking also to dedicate infusion pumps. Infusion pumps are very generic. They are complex for some users, but they are still needed. Infusion pumps for patients like PCA or TPN, this is what they can use. They are still cumbersome, they are still complicated. Can you dedicate them? The answer is yes. Can you do it for the patient population? The answer is yes. So this is things that we are looking now with our pharma partners, with pharmacies to give better care more specified care to those patients. And now if you take all of that together, we're going more and more to the personal care, more and more to how you're going to give the patient a better outcome, a better feeling, and more confidence. And if you look at all of those three, the way to do it is to give him feedback from digital health, give him an easy-to-use device, give him something that's personalized to him, and always be able to close the loop with the patient. So this is our vision, this is what we see. And again, I started and I say, this is when I wake up in the morning, go to sleep at night. How do I improve the outcome? Because the moment you do it, the moment you have your end user, the patient choosing you as a solution, that's all you need. Andre, thank you very much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Very, very passionate responses to my questions. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Gareth. It was a pleasure. I always like talking about Sorel and Tan Medical. I think it's important. I always talk about how we are going to change the world. That's also very important. And I hope this pandemic will go away and we'll be able to meet face-to-face with all our partners and hopefully in PharmaPack very soon. I totally agree with those sentiments. That's it for today's PharmaPack podcast. Please do join into our next one. Until then, thanks very much for listening and we wish you all a pleasant day ahead. Music.